Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Season 2. This is your host, Jackson Hogan, back to regale you with, well, everything there is to know about alpine skiing. In today's rather high-octane episode, titled Understanding Ski Category Trends for the 2021-22 Season, I explain the five most pertinent alpine ski categories and get into the nitty-gritty of what's new in each. It's essential background if you want to understand your full range of options. This information is, of course, culled from the prescient pages of realskiers.com, who brings you today's podcast without commercial interruption. And now, understanding ski category trends for the 2021-22 season, beginning with technical skis, models with a waist width between 67 and 74 millimeters. I hope you enjoy the ride. Technical skis are invariably high-performance, hard-snow carving models that have race ski properties and similar dimensions, yet aren't actually intended as gate skis, but as hard-snow toys for people who probably had race training in the misty past. In today's fat-crazed market, The popularity of technical skis in America has dwindled to the point of near-invisibility. Fortunately, Europe is awash with good skiers, and the carving cult that incubated in the 1990s has remained relevant, thanks to a ski culture that congregates mostly on the groom. That's a long way of saying American skiers don't deserve all the goodies in the technical category, but the wisest and most skilled among us know what treasures they hold. Now let's take a deeper look into the 2022 technical field. Just two years ago, the technical field in the U.S. was so forlorn, it didn't include a single new model of any importance. But over the last two seasons, the genre has been rejuvenated by an infusion of fresh blood that, at least on paper, gives the appearance of a genre bustling with activity. With the exception of one or two models, the technical category is full of shiny new faces. Yet if recent history is any measure, It doesn't matter how brilliantly any technical ski performs. The demand simply isn't there to justify stocking it. Because the category caters to experts, its constituent models are all excellent. The few step-down models that flesh out the genre in Europe are all but invisible on this side of the pond, so you won't see any of them in this roundup. Our ability to report on all the latest innovations has been mightily compromised by a pandemic that has eradicated the events that in a typical year would have provided a showcase for new models. We have a few shards of feedback, but not enough to merit side-by-side comparisons among models that share more performance similarities than they display differences. In light of the fact that all the top technical models are perforce perfect carvers, and in consideration of the limitations of our uneven data collection, we won't provide in real skiers this year the data or the rankings on 2022 technical skis, either for men or for women. Our slender reviews are a reflection of the spottiness of the data, but we wanted to provide as complete a picture of the substantially overhauled genre as we could under our constrained circumstances. Last season, Head spiffed up its perennial powerhouse carvers, the Supershape Magnum and Speed, with its latest shock-stifling system, Electronic Management Circuit, or EMC. Also last year, K2 created a slew of new carvers headlined by the Disruption MTI, the brand's first serious foray into technical turf in a while. 
For 21-22, K2 has substantially raised the bar with the disruption TI squared, with twice the metal content of the MTI. A technical ski with a $1,300 price sticker is rare air for any brand. That it hails from K2, better known for its well-stocked wide bodies, makes the disruption TI squared an unexpected line extension to a narrower waist and a beefier chassis. Other brands with a new flagship technical model include Blizzard, Dinastar, and Vocal. Blizzard's new Thunderbird R15 adapts the Austrian brand's new Trueblend core concept to an on-piste beast. Dinastar rounds out the complete line transformation begun last year by adding a speed family of hard snow carvers, led by the 68mm waisted Speed 963. Vocal has decommissioned its erstwhile Deacon Pro family and anointed the Deacon 72 Master the new leader of the carving faithful. America is a nation of optimists. How else to explain why we buy wide skis on the faint hope we'll encounter fresh snow, when technical skis perform so much better on the groomed runs we ski every day? If skiers in the market for a second pair bought a precise carver instead of the fat swiveler, they'd not only be acquiring a more useful tool, they'll be far more likely to improve their skills. I realize it's delusional to hope for technical skis to make a swift return to market relevance, but if we fail to celebrate the best of them, how would the U.S. skier ever know they even exist? It's in this spirit that at RealSkiers.com we presented the finest technical skis in our market, listed in alphabetic order by brand. RealSkiers members who want to check out the dusty data from two years ago will find our 2020 reviews, replete with test data, in our review archives. Now, if we were on RealSkiers.com at this very moment, we'd be diving right into the specifics, beginning with the Blizzard Thunderbird R15, and we'd roll out the reviews for all the various technical skis for which we even had a shred of data this year. But we're going to leapfrog all of those details and instead get into the macro view of the next widest category of skis, the frontside category. The front side of the mountain may not be the most topographically diverse part of the hill, but the skiers who populate it are the most polyglot we've got. Timid intermediates, cruising seniors, the terrain park contingent, ski school classes, pods of families, and lone dive bombers all crowd into the same space and try to pretend they're the only ones there. No wonder we refer to the front side as a zoo without cages. Appealing to this many constituencies requires all kinds of skis, from relative noodles to absolute rails, most with system bindings and some without, a few built for comfort and a lot built for speed. It's the largest field we examine at realskiers.com and perhaps the trickiest to find the perfect match. The feature all these skis share is a waist that is neither skinny nor fat, and a design that expects to be exposed primarily to groomed terrain. Almost every entry-level ski for the neophyte falls into this family, but there are also a lot of choices for skiers who prefer to fly around at 50 miles an hour. The intended terrain is almost exclusively groomed, but the wider bodies within this family will travel off-slope if asked. Because carving turns is the aspirational activity associated with skiing on groomed trails, this genre is often tagged with the carving label, but we've chosen frontside as it's a more ecumenical term that includes a lot of non-technical skiers in its cadre. 
It's also germane to mention that the very best carving skis aren't necessarily in this compendium, as they are invariably on the narrower end of the spectrum, which is not the ski world's current flavor of the month. The majority of skis in this genre are sold with an integrated binding that is inextricably married to a specific model. While the binding company is responsible for the binding design, it's up to the ski maker to assemble the interface that secures it to the ski. The integrity of this linkage varies from brand to brand, but the idea behind the so-called, quote, system ski does not. The binding sets in or on an interface that adds damping, reduces the binding's natural impingement on ski flex, and increases the skier's leverage over the edge. There are countless iterations of frontside skis not covered in this overview for several reasons. One, the ocean of entry-level packages resides at the bottom of this pool. Skis bought primarily to fit a price as much as a purpose. They are generally unavailable for ski testing or demoing. Secondly, skier interest in the genre is generally declining as skiers opt for wider and wider footprints. Covering 30 more models in realskiers.com would stir up more confusion than sales. And three, skiers looking for real carving power in a ski less than 80 millimeters underfoot often eschew the narrower recreational skis for full-on race skis. Note we're not omitting narrower carvers because we don't like them. Generally speaking, the narrower 68mm to 74mm technical models do a better job of digging into an arc than the models the market, that's you, dear reader, and your ilk, have embraced as your preference. Rather, we have given them their own proper home among our real skiers' categories, tucked between non-fist race and frontside. The best skis in this category are unabashedly skewed to the very skilled skier who lives at a high edge angle. They do not stoop to conquer with mushy, terrain-conforming baselines that mask a skier's aptitude for cutting a clean edge. They like their snow hard and the throttle open, defying both conventional wisdom and our own expectations, the top power models continue to also be among the highest rated for finesse properties, indicating that it's possible to make a ski that blazes down the mountain that also feels neck-raining simple to steer. Of course, we unearthed a few power potentates with a more typical disdain for slow, mincing turns and a minuscule minority of finesse favorites designed to boost their pilot's prowess and self-esteem. Now let's take a closer look inside the 2022 frontside field. Once upon a time, the frontside field was populated by two archetypes, supercharged trench diggers for the dual-track carving set, and the very large family of mostly system skis, that means ones including a binding, that comprise the first three price points in the U.S. market. As the popularity of off-piece skiing grew, brands started to extend their off-trail and all-mountain families into the frontside fold. What began as a sneaky infiltration is now a full-on invasion of off-trail baselines. Razi has even created a subgenre to embrace the concept, the quote, all resort ski, embodied in the new Experience 82 Ti and 82 Basalt. Razi envisions their target skiers as vacationers who want the total resort experience, of which skiing is just a part. The design accent falls on forgiveness and ease of use for this occasional skier, rather than high-octane carving. When Blizzard extended its Flipcore franchise down to the Brahma 82 a couple of years ago, I imagine its product developers were concerned about overreaching the design's proper application. An earlier attempt, 
the latigo, is no longer with us. Any such concerns must have evaporated, for the 2122 Brahma 82 now sports an even-flexing TrueBlend core, an upgrade that expands its already considerable performance range. Built exactly like its namesake, the Brahma 88, the Brahma 82 may be less ski, but it's definitely not less of a ski than its laureled sibling. Solomon's new Stance 84 is the latest member of its off-trail Stance clan. Built with a bit less tetanil than its wider kin, the Stance 84 is a competent carver with a remarkably high ceiling for a ski with a street price of $4.99. There are many models in the frontside genre with the same price tag, none of which can hold a candle to the Stance 84. While we're on the subject of value propositions, Kessley's PX81 is a system ski intended to retail at $750, well below Kessley's usual price stratum. We didn't get enough scores to rate it, but we got enough feedback to know it's a strong frontside ski and a great value for the less aggressive, albeit skilled, on-piece skier. Little Liberty introduced the Evolve 84 last season, extending its original all-mountain family. This season, Liberty added another strut to its vertical metal technology, giving it a three-rib construction that feels welded to the snow. While the Evolve 84's side cut and baseline suggest an all-terrain temperament, its innards crave to carve. On groomers in particular, its inclination to stay wedded to the snow surface exceeds its interest in slarving around off-trail, a classic characteristic of a carver enveloped in an all-mountain package. The newest arrival among traditional on-piste carvers is Blizzard's Thunderbird R15WB, with the R indicating the side cut radius and the WB signifying that it's the wider version of the R15 tandem. If you're wondering how carving can be addicting, one spin on the T-Bird R15WB will make you want another and another. It loads up evenly and blasts off the edge with the energy so many modern skis lack. It's a welcome addition to the elite club of unadulterated carving tools. Life is full of regrets, and one of ours is that we weren't able to catch a ride on Vocal's new Deacon 76 Master. We were, however, able to rock its thinner twin, the Deacon 72 Master. Both supposedly have tip and tail rocker, but that's not what the pilot feels. The Deacon 72 Master behaves like a race ski with good manners, always there with just the right response. We strongly suspect the Deacon 76 Master to be its performance peer. Too many Americans look past the rich frontside category in search of the all-terrain capabilities of an all-mountain east or west model. There are always going to be groomer days, sometimes groomer weeks, when parts of your favorite playground will not just be off-trail, but off-limits. If you want to make the most of this massive chunk of your skiing life, you should have a frontside option in your locker. And now let's turn our attention to the next widest category, what we call All Mountain East. The East modifier is meant to imply that this narrower collection, 85 millimeters to 94 millimeters, of All Mountain skis is a match for skiers who go on groomed trails most of the time, but want the freedom to foray into the untamed backside of the mountain when conditions merit. The cream of this crop have settled on a waist width between 88 millimeters and 94 millimeters underfoot, creating a very versatile profile that qualifies for the all-mountain moniker. 
Some brands differentiate their, quote, 88 from their 98, which would be an all-mountain west model in our iconography, by making the former in a less burly construction that will slip into a slightly lower price point. They make excellent re-entry skis for consumers who have been out of the ski market for several years. Bear in mind that only a decade ago, a ski 90 millimeters underfoot, such as the Solomon Pocket Rocket, was presumed to be a pure powder ski. This collection has no such pretensions in a market inundated by an avalanche of skis over two centimeters wider, and therefore inherently that much more buoyant, at the waist. But if an 88 millimeter board could float just fine in boot top powder in 2003, it can manage the feet in 2020, and the best of today's crowded field don't care what the snow condition is. Digging deeper into this genre's makeup, it's divided along behavioral lines into two bundles, the friendly, easygoing rides versus the high-performance type A personalities. The former are accessible to almost any skill level, and as such are great transition skis for those caught in intermediate limbo. At this width, they are easy to balance on, yet retain most of the properties of technical skis, so they still cut a precise arc when so instructed. The latter, high-energy bunch either require elite skills or are best appreciated by those who know how to occasionally achieve a high-edge angle and or drive a directional ski over 40 miles an hour. Now let's take a deeper dive into the All-Mountain East field for 2022. The All-Mountain East family is a polyglot lot that can be divided into two camps, wide carvers that sit atop a family of frontside models, and narrow off-piece models, which have come to dominate the genre. Every sort of snow connection imaginable is on display, from fully cambered to double rockered. Despite the wide range of design diversity, all all-mountainese models purport to solve the same problem, creating an all-terrain tool that is equally happy off-piece or on. Think of the all-mountainese field as the compromise category. Not quite as precise as frontside skis on hard snow, nor as surfy as big mountain models in powder, but built to perform ably in either circumstance. None of the diverse 2022 field, which were 28 unisex models that we examined at realskiers.com this year, none of this diverse field strikes the perfect 50-50 balance between hard and soft snow performance, as each retains a slight bias depending on the traits of the larger family of models to which it belongs. Because off-trail baselines earn higher marks for forgiveness than for steering accuracy, the AME genre is lopsided in favor of finesse skis. Of the six new models debuting this season, five are finesse skis, and the sixth, Liberty's Evolve 90, was a finesse ski last season before Liberty gave it an additional rib that tipped it into the power roster. The largest contributors to the already bloated ranks of the all-mountain East category were Rosignol and Atomic, Rossi's new Experience series, a brand mainstay seemingly since forever, is headlined by the EXP86 TI and EXP86 Basalt. The new Experience models are meant to provide a, quote, all-resort experience that's a better fit with today's mountain visitor. Atomic's 88 TIE and 86C comprise the bottom half of his new Maverick series of all-mountain models. While the Maverick 88 TIE's power scores were decidedly higher than the 86C's, as one would expect, the latter will retail for decidedly less, making it one of the year's outstanding values. 
The other newbies were Kessley's FX86 tie, a traditional glass and tetanol laminate with a lighter weight poplar polonia core, and the aforementioned Liberty Evolve 90, freshly reminted as a power ski by dint of a new three-strut version of its vertical metal technology. Of the top 13 models in the genre in total score, only two, the Maverick 88 tie and the Evolve 90, are new this season. Any skier beyond entry-level ability should consider adopting an AME model as his or her one-ski quiver. There are a great many forgiving models in this field, ideal for masking the technical foibles of weekend warriors. There are also a slew of powerhouses that should appeal to advanced and expert skiers with a full skill set. No matter where you fall along the power-finesse divide, you'll find your match in a category with more flavors than Baskin-Robbins. As we've mentioned every year since its introduction, the Vocal Kendo 88 deserves special mention for resetting the performance bar for its generation. Every technology has a width, baseline, and flex that optimize its benefits. Vocal's innovative tetanol frame and 3D side cut found their sweet spot in the Kendo 88. This category is all about handling mixed conditions. While one could argue that any of our top four power picks might be its match in this regard, none can claim to be its better. If you are one of the many lapsed skiers who are returning to the sport after a long layoff, the all-mountain east genre is probably the best place to shop for a ski that embodies the best of current technology without feeling weird or unnatural to an old-school skier returning to the skiing fold. That concludes our overview of the all-mountain east genre, and now, just a silly millimeter away, waist width from 95 to 100 millimeters, we have a little small pocket of skis all mountain west. And while it is small in size, it is huge in its impact. If there is a single do-it-all ski, particularly for western big mountain skiing, it no doubt lives in this category and probably has a waist width of 98 or 100 millimeters. The reason is simple. Up to this girth, 95 to 100 millimeters, these relatively wide skis don't feel fat underfoot, so they ride the groom like a frontside ski, yet provide as much flotation and powder as possible without the width being a negative when the powder is gone. Manufacturers recognize the importance of this genre and therefore give it their very best effort, creating a rich array of options for the high-performance skier. It's remarkable that one category can contain so many different sensations and almost every ski is really, really good. Pay attention to this category, dear listener, for if you don't already own an All Mountain West ski, you will. A mere 15 years ago, we would have choked on these words, since skis 100 millimeters underfoot then were niche models positioned as ideal for Alaskan heli guides. The evolution that has taken place in the interim was triggered by the arrival of the Vocal Mantra in 2006, at first in the slightly more svelte waist width of 94 millimeters. As with most vocals made for men, then as now, there was no skimping on the quality of the construction. The Mantra was a rich, powerful ski right out of the chute. It performed like a soft GS race ski, but in a width that tracked through powder like the Blitzkrieg, taking no prisoners. It quickly found a following due to Vocal's already swollen ranks of faithful adherents, attracting the attention of every other major brand. Nothing engenders a wave of imitators quite like creating a new niche with a high price tag. 
Driving the success of this genre is the eternal hope that part of the do-it-all equation will be a generous dose of fresh, deep powder. If you eliminate powder and its evil twin crud from the mix of conditions in which you'll use the ski, there's no compelling reason to increase the ski's flotation. But unless you live at the base of the ski resort, you can't be sure what you'll encounter on a big mountain. If a pocket of powder suddenly becomes available, wouldn't you rather be in a ski that will embrace the situation? This is the mentality that has persuaded an increasingly large percentage of the market to gravitate to this genre. Most, if not all, print-published ski tests would include, under the All-Mountain West heading, skis up to 110 millimeters underfoot. Their inclusion is, in part, driven by the manufacturers who want to increase the number of star products in this critical genre. But we believe bundling models on either side of the 100 millimeter divide ignores a vital distinguishing trait. Narrower skis put less strain on the skier in every condition but powder crud. Sure, young bucks who log countless miles on western slopes use 108s and wider as their everyday ski. God bless them. But we feel that skis between 101 and 113 underfoot should be treated as big mountain models that transparently sacrifice certain hard snow behaviors to achieve greater flotation and presumed ease in unbroken snow. Within any genre, there are skis that are curl-in-your-lap pussycats, our finesse favorites at realskiers.com, and skis that are relentless fall-line predators, which we collect into our power favorites. The key virtue of the former is they improve ease and terrain access for less aggressive, lighter weight, or lower skill skiers. The archetypical trait of the power posse is they are utterly unflappable no matter where you go or how fast you go once you get there. There isn't a line of copy in any ski supplier's brochure that would suggest their all-Mountain West ski possesses a single limitation, but this untempered enthusiasm conveniently overlooks a critical factor, namely the prospective skier's skill level. To be brief, anyone who would not classify himself or herself as advanced is looking behind the wrong door. To be less brief, if you don't regularly tip the ski to a high edge angle, if you don't ski with your feet extended away from your body, if you don't have separation between the central angle of your upper body and the median that runs from your hips to your feet, if you don't ski comfortably at speed, then you should look for a frontside ski that will help you develop these skills. The problem is, that if a lower skill skier acquires a model with a 100 millimeter waist too early in his or her development, forward progress will freeze, slow down, or even regress as the wider ski proves too cumbersome to tilt. The skier will probably feel better at powder and crud, but that's about the extent of the benefits. Now let's take a deeper dive into the details of the 21-22 All-Mountain West field. The All-Mountain West category while not as densely populated as the broader all-mountain east genre, is commercially at least as important. No other category exerts as strong an influence on a brand's image, in part because the best skiers on a given, most likely western U.S., mountain, most likely ride an all-mountain west model as their daily driver. Its importance to all ski brands is underscored by the number of new and significantly improved models introduced this season. Of the 19 models we at realskiers.com examined, 8 are new, or 42% of the field. That's a lot of fresh faces for a year during which product development was difficult at best. 
Two of this season's debutantes ended on top of our rankings, with Vocal's MX Mantra assuming the throne as best power model, and Head's Core 99 earning best in show for finesse properties. Both are utterly amazing in completely different ways. Kessley launched two new All-Mountain West missiles, the FX-96 TIE and the surprising ZX-100, bringing its model total in the genre to three. Note that the unchanged MX-98 remains one of the top All-Mountain West models. Atomic is also introducing two new All-Mountain West models to go alongside a returning staple. The new Maverick 100 TIE and Maverick 95 TIE aim at the same all-terrain target, and both exhibit laudable finesse traits, but the 100 TIE's superior flotation in soft snow and better grip on hard snow gives it the edge in our team's estimation. Liberty modified its Evolve 100 by adding a third strut to its vertical metal technology core, in the process transforming it from a mellow finesse model to a fall-line charging power ski, a clear demonstration of VMT's efficacy. One new model that would have earned recognition for its finesse virtues, only we didn't tally enough ballots to rank it, is Solomon's totally overhauled QST-98. While the QST-99 it replaces was a fine all-mountain ski, the arrival of the Stance 96 last season rendered it redundant. The new QST-98 widens the behavioral gulf between the two Solomon all-mountain west entrants with an amply rockered baseline that delivers a bit of drift with every arc. All unisex all-mountain west models, whether new or returning, biased towards power or finesse properties, lightweight or burly, strive to serve two masters by providing enough surface area to facilitate off-piece skiing while retaining basic carving skills for when the off-trail is off-limits. All Mountain West finesse models focus on making off-road terrain easier to tame for less aggressive skiers, while recommended power skis come alive at higher revs. Once infused with speed, the top power skis don't so much float over choppy terrain as demolish it. That concludes our overview of the All Mountain West category and brings us to our final category for this long podcast, the Big Mountain Genre. It wouldn't be unfair to lump all skis over 100 millimeters at the waist into a giant bucket labeled powder and leave it at that. Obviously, the fatter the ski, the better the flotation. So pick a ski based on how high you want to ride on new snow and you're good to go. We decided to divide the powder pie in two because there are big behavioral differences between the big mountain bundle of skis with waist widths between 101 and 113 millimeters underfoot and the cluster that's over 120 millimeters at the same dimension. The very fact that most manufacturers make at least one model in each genre verifies that there are reasons to make two distinct models to serve the Big Mountain and Powder categories. The best of the Big Mountain Brotherhood are everyday skis for strong riders on, you guessed it, Big Mountains. But there are also easy riders in the Big Mountain Corral, skis that will help the less talented whip their powder skills into shape. The split personality of the Big Mountain genre is a result of the evolution of the fat ski phenomenon as a whole. Twenty years ago, when the concept of powder skis was still in its infancy, fat boys were conceived as learning aids for the uninitiated. Experts initially avoided the budding category as if they were badges of ineptitude, until they tried them. 
When Shane McConkie straight-lined the legendary cool war on a pair of 90mm Volant chubs, the collective attitude of the elite was tweaked. Suddenly, a new mini-market emerged for the high-octane athletes seeking first descents on previously unskiable pitches. Movies from Matchstick Productions and Teton Gravity Research showcased a new frontier in adrenaline sports, and the race was on to see who could make the best tool for these new-school big mountain athletes. Flashing forward to today, both communities, those who want to maintain their speed in new snow and those who want to maintain their dignity, are being overserved by a brilliant buffet of options. Whether you tear into powder or tiptoe in, the right big mountain ski will make slicing knee-deep fresh snow nearly effortless. People in the market for a powder ski tend to think bigger is better, that if a little flotation is good, massive flotation is better. It's true that there's no substitute for surface area, but flotation isn't the only quality required for off-trail conditions. Some aptitude for moving quickly edge-to-edge is useful in moguls, which inevitably develop where snowcats fear to tread. Edging accuracy comes in handy on steep traverses, and short-radius turns are de rigueur in pucker-tight couloirs. Point being, The slightly narrower chassis of a big mountain ski is probably a better powder ski for most skiers than the super-wide models that qualify for the powder club by being next to useless anywhere else. Every big mountain ski pries the tip and tail off the snow to some degree because there's no better way to motor through crud, powder's wicked stepbrother, than with a tip that won't catch and a tail that won't hang up. Some big mountain models are cambered underfoot, some aren't. The biggest behavioral chasm in the category is the separation of models that can be trusted to hold just a ribbon of edge on hard snow, and those who do their best work in the worst conditions, drifting over rubble like it was made from ice cream. There are two major provisos that need to be shouted from the rooftops. One, acquiring an everyday ski that is too wide poses an increased risk of joint fatigue and even injury to the skier, even if he or she never falls. And two, Skiers charging full speed on skis with huge girth but little effective contact area and perhaps no capacity for clean edging pose a danger not just to themselves, but every other person in their flight path. Please pay attention, because this is why our test criteria at realskiers.com are more important today than ever. Heavily rockered skis in the big mountain waist width zone of 100 millimeters to 113 millimeters can easily inspire the illusion that their owner suddenly has skills. After all, he can now kill it in the freshies, charging like an off-the-rails locomotive. When he rolls his act out on the groomers, still hauling, still squatting over the middle of his skis, his ultra-rockered tips and tails wildly slapping the snow, his ability to change trajectory and avoid the downhill skier is perilously close to nil. This is perhaps the most important slope safety issue of our time. Please, people, restrict your use of big mountain skis to the off-trail terrain for which they were designed. Now, after that little sermonette, let's dive into the details over what's new in the 2022 big mountain field. Because big mountain skis are usually, and appropriately, a second pair reserved for off-trail conditions, the genre isn't quite as big or as busy as the other core recreational categories. Nonetheless, five new models materialized this season, three of which made our recommended ranks. Those making the cut were the updated Head Core 105 and brand new Core 111. The latter is absolutely stunning. 
moving into the top spot among our finesse favorites, which is where most of the action is in the big mountain genre. Nimble, light, playful, and as buoyant as a kayak, the Core 111 is teed up to sell out if the West has any kind of snow year. The Core 105 is no slouch either, but the extra lift and drift of the 111 makes it that much easier to ski tricky snow. The other rookie to make the team is Kethley's FX106 tie, a classic wood and tetanal sandwich with a twist. The core uses three laminated woods, Polonia, Poplar, and Beach, inside twin sheets of tetanal and fiberglass to make a metal ski that's light but not limp. Missing the cut due to a lack of data were the new Stokely Stormrider 102 and Solomon Blank 112. Also maddeningly shy of data were two models that debuted a year ago, the Vocal Katana 108 and Kessley ZX 108. What little feedback we recorded suggests that both of these models could vie for a top position in our rankings if only we could capture a little more data on them. If you're currently flailing in new snow, you're on the wrong gear. Powder is the one condition in which the choice of ski can actually improve your skiing experience without actually requiring you to improve your skiing, if you catch my drift. A properly sized and selected big mountain model will make you a better powder skier. A lot faster than a great technical ski will turn you into a proficient carver. This has been Jackson Hogan reporting for you from realskiers.com. I hope you'll drop by for another visit next week. This has been Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Thanks for listening.